So we run the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu qal Iltafata ilayna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama faqal Iza salla ahadukum falyakul Attahiyyatu lillahi wa salawatu wa tayyibat Assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله ثم ثم ليتخير من الدعاء أعجبه إليه فيدعو متفق عليه واللفظ للبخاري This was the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه explaining the manner in which a person recites or what he recites in the tashahhud and this dua or this supplication that is mentioned here, that as we said is the most authentic, the most authentic narration or the most authentic version of the tashahud that is to be recited. There are several other wordings to it, but as the scholars they mentioned, this is the most accurate of those wordings. So we had begun this last time. And we mentioned the ruling regarding the tashahhud. As for at-tashahhud al-awwal, hukmuhu annahu wajib min wajibati salah. The first tashahhud in the prayer, then the ruling upon that is that it is an obligation from the obligations of the prayer. It is an obligation from the obligations of the prayer. Wajibun min wajibati salah. That's the first tashahhud. So when a person is praying a three raka'ah prayer, like Maghrib, then you will have a tashahhud after the second raka'ah. That is the first tashahhud. Then you will get up and pray, and when you sit down after the next raka'ah, the third raka'ah, that will be your final tashahhud. Similarly, in a four raka'ah prayer, after the second raka'ah, you will sit down for the tashahhud. That is the first tashahhud. Then on the fourth raka'ah, you will sit down again. That is known as the final tashahhud. So here, with regards to the first tashahhud, the ruling on that is that it is an obligation from the obligations of the prayer. Wajibun min wajibati salah. وَقِيلْ إِنَّهُ سُنَّةِ Some of the scholars even say that it is a sunnah. But many of them say it is a wajib, an obligation from the obligations of the prayer. أَمَّا التَّشَهُدُ الْأَخِيرِ As for the last tashahud, the final tashahud, then the ruling upon that is حُكْمُهُ أَنَّهُ رُكْنٌ مِنْ أَرْكَانِ الصَّلَاةِ That it is a rukun, a pillar, from the pillars of the prayer, as some of the scholars have said. And other scholars, there are some who take the opinion that it is also 
a wajib only, an obligation. But many of the scholars have said that this sitting, the final tashahud, that is a rukun, a pillar from the pillars of the prayer. So the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, which we just narrated, that hadith is the most popular hadith or the most accurate version accepted by the scholars, the most authentic narration regarding how to recite the tashahud. Then after that, we were going to go on to talking about the actual meanings of the tashahud. So a person, he recites, At-Tahiyyatu Lillah. That is the opening section. At-Tahiyyatu Lillah. Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan, he says, At-Tahiyyat Jam'u Tahiyyah. That this word, At-Tahiyyatu Lillah, At-Tahiyyatu is the plural of the word Tahiyyah in Arabic. Wahiyya Ta'zim, Wal-Baqa, Wal-Dawam. وَكُلُّ مَا يُعَظَّمُ بِهِ الرَّبُّ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى كَالْإِنْحِنَاءُ وَالرُّكُوعُ وَالصُّجُودُ فَكُلُّ هَذَا يَدْخُلُ فِي لَفْظِ التَّحِيَّاتِ أي جميع التعظيمات لله جل وعلا ملكا واستحقاقا فلا أحد يستحق التعظيم والخضوع والذل له إلا الله جل وعلا فَهُوَ الَّذِي يُعَظَّمُ بِجَمِيعِ أَنْوَاعِ التَّعْظِيمِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى This opening section when you say أَتَّحِيَّاتُ لِلَّهِ Then it is the plural of the word تَحِيَّة in Arabic. And that means to demonstrate the greatness of something, the تَعْظِيمِ of something, to illustrate, to depict, to highlight, to show, to demonstrate the greatness of something, and also to indicate persistence and consistence upon that particular affair. Meaning basically that all of the affairs you demonstrate or you show the greatness of Allah with, all of the affairs that you would show through your actions the greatness of Allah, for example, bowing, prostrating, ruku'ah, all of these are various actions in which you show your humbleness in front of Allah, you show your humility in front of Allah, you show or demonstrate the greatness of Allah before you. Those affairs all come under this meaning of at-tahiyyatulillah. All of the affairs that you do to show your humility before Allah and to demonstrate the greatness of Allah is within this term, At-Tahiyyatulillah. That all of this praise and greatness is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the servant and the slave, he demonstrates his humility to Allah. At-Tahiyyatulillah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the one who is deserving of all of that praise. He is the one who is deserving of it. He is the one who possesses it. He is the one alone who is to be submitted to in that way, to show your humility in front of in that way. And that is what this term, At-Tahiyyatulillah, all of this term, it encompasses those affairs the affairs of humility and submission to Allah, 
and that Allah is the one who deserves that and controls and possesses all of that praise is due to Him. Then, وَالصَّلَوَاتُ التَّحِيَّاتُ لِلَّهِ وَالصَّلَوَاتُ As-salawat, meaning the various prayers. All of the prayers are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether they are the obligatory prayers or the supererogatory prayers. Al-muradu biha salatul fara'il wal-nawafil fala yusalla illa lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is not prayed, you do not pray, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you say, At-tahiyyatu lillahi was-salawat, As-salawat, meaning all of your prayers, every prayer that you pray, the obligatory ones, the supererogatory ones, all of those are sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is, as it is mentioned in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ In Surah Al-An'am, ayah number 162, that say, indeed my prayer, and my rights, and my living, and my dying, all of them are for Allah, the Lord of all of creation. So here very clearly it is made out the point that indeed my prayer, wa nusuki, nusuki meaning my worship, my worship and my obedience generally, and specifically it could turn to the slaughtering, that all of this is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. That is just like Allah said also, إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرِ that indeed we gave you the kawthar, so pray to your Lord, sincerely and purely for your Lord. So pray, for your Lord, sincerely, desiring the reward from Allah, to please Allah, not for anyone else. So, meaning that all of your prayers, they are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely, whether they are obligatory or supererogatory. وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ التَّحِيَّاتُ لِلَّهِ وَالصَّلَوَاتِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ الطَّيِّبَاتِ يَشْمَلُ كُلَّ طَيِّبٍ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَالْعَمَلِ The طَيِّبَاتِ meaning the goodness, the good affairs, the righteousness, Meaning all of the righteous and the good affairs, from the righteous and the good statements, and the righteous and the good actions that you do, all of these are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because indeed Allah is tayyib, wala yaqbalu illa tayyiba, and Allah does not accept, except those actions that are tayyib. They are upon that purity and goodness and righteousness. So all of those actions upon that purity and righteousness and goodness, from the statements and the actions, then they are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How are you going to make your actions pure and sincere? Then that, as a Shaykh al-Fawzan mentions, وَلَا يَكُونُ الْقَوْلُ وَالْعَمَلُ طَيِّبَيْنِ إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَا صالح, uh, 
Your actions will not be from the tayyibat unless they are done with the two pillars of being sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and وَمُوَافِقَيْنِ لِسُنَّةِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم فَهَذَا هُوَ الطَّيِّبُ الَّذِي يَتَقَبَّلُهُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى مِنَ الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْأَفْعَالِ فَجَمِيعُ الطَّيِّبَاتِ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ This is the tayyib that Allah accepts. The tayyib actions, the tayyibat, when you say here, التَّحِيَّاتُ لِلَّهِ وَالصَّلَوَاتُ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ The tayyibat are your goodness, your righteousness. And that goodness and righteousness in your actions and your statements will only occur if it is done upon the two pillars of sincerity to Allah and in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Then, As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabi. As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabi. As-salam ismun min asma'illah. As-salam is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As-salam is one of the names from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The meaning of this particular name of Allah, As-salam, is As-salimu min al-naqais wal-uyub. The one who is free, the one who is free from any imperfections or any shortcomings. The one who is free of any shortcomings, defects, or imperfections. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the perfect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of any shortcoming or any defect. So as-salam is one of the names of Allah. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is in perfection, free of any shortcomings or any uh, uh, defects. فَهُوَ إِسْمٌ مِنْ أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ يُدْعَ اللَّهُ بِهِ So it is a name from the names of Allah, As-Salam. وَيُطْلَقُ السَّلَامُ أَيْضًا وَيُرَادُ بِهِ السَّلَامَةُ مِنَ الْآفَاتِ Also the word As-Salam, it can be used when you wish to indicate being free from any uh, difficulties or calamities or diseases or any types of uh, negative affair. When you want to protect yourself or free yourself and be safe from any type of negative affair, then the word salam is indicative of that too. Salam meaning you are free and safe from any type of detrimental, any type of detrimental, any type of defect, any type of uh, shortcoming or uh, disease or whatever the affair may be. وَالْخِطَابُ هُنَا فِي السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكَ لِاسْتِحْضَارِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم فِي الذهن. So here when a person says, السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكَ أَيُّهَا النَّبِيِّ The salam be upon you, O Prophet. It is to remember. It is to remember in your minds the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. So the shaykh says, الشَّيْخَ الْفَوْزَانِ وَلَا بَأْسَ بِهَذَا الْخِطَابِ So there is no problem in making this address in this way. As-salamu alayka, ayyuhan nabi. There is no issue, the shaykh says, in this instance, in this context, in this way, 
of making the address directly in that way, As-salamu alayka, that the salam be upon you, O Messenger. كَمَا أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَانَ إِذَا مَرَّ عَلَى الْمَقَابِرِ يَقُولُ السلام عليكم أيها المؤمنون يخاطبهم وليس معنى هذا أنه نداء للأموات كما يتوهم بعض الناس So this is not to be misunderstood as some people they misunderstand. They think now that this statement in this tashahhud when you say السلام عليك أيها النبي Peace or the salam be upon you, O Messenger. They say, look, it's in the present tense. You're talking to the Prophet ﷺ directly. You're addressing the Prophet ﷺ there and then directly. That must mean that the Prophet ﷺ is alive and present and hearing everybody everywhere. Hadir, nadir, as they say. This does not indicate that. And this is not something which is a proof for that. An evidence the Shaykh gives to highlight and to explain. He says, when the Prophet ﷺ used to visit the graveyards, is it not the authentic dua that you say, As-salamu alaykum, ayyuhal mu'minoon. As-salamu alaykum, ayyuhal mu'minoon. Give salam to the deceased in their graves when you go to the graveyard. As-salamu alaykum. You address them directly. Does that now mean that this is a proof that they are all hearing you and responding to you and talking to you and they are alive and all of those types of beliefs that the people they have? That you can then make dua to them and they'll hear you and they'll take your dua, etc. It doesn't mean that even though you are addressing them directly in the manner of speech. So this type of address, even though it is direct, it does not indicate this false aqidah of the people that the Prophet ﷺ is alive in terms of being present Everywhere, here, in all the places, hearing us, seeing us. That is not the correct belief, and this is not an evidence for that. وَإِنَّمَا هَذَا دُعَاءٌ لَهُمْ بِالرَّحْمَةِ وَالْمَغْفِرَةِ فَهُوَ يُخَاطِبُهُمْ بِالدُعَاءِ لَهُمْ وَالْإِسْتِغْفَارِ لَهُمْ وَلَا يُخَاطِبُهُمْ بِمَعْنَى أَنَّهُ يَطْلُبُ مِنْهُمْ الْإِغَاثَةِ أَوْ الْمَدَدِ أَوْ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يُشْتَبَهُ هَذَا الْكَلَامَ عَلَى بَعْضِ النَّاسِ. So the meaning of this is not that you are now addressing the Prophet ﷺ, talking to him directly, as if you can now make your dua to him and make your requests to him. You are not addressing and talking to the Prophet ﷺ directly in that way, that he is present and hearing and seeing everything. That is not the meaning of this statement here. The meaning of this statement is that you are just as in the graves, when you go to the graves and you are seeking the dua for them, then this is seeking a dua upon the Prophet ﷺ. It is not that he hears and sees and is everywhere as the false aqidah of the people is. So, As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabi, an-nabi min an-nabu'ah, wa hiya rif'ah. One of the meanings of the word nabi in the Arabic language is something that is raised up. One of the meanings of the word nabi in the Arabic language, is something that is raised up. So the prophets are known as the Nabi, the Anbiya, because they are raised above the other people in their status and their rank. And some of the scholars have mentioned that actually the word Nabi, it comes from the Arabic word of a Naba, which means Al-Khabar, Al-Khabar means to inform the people to be informing. So the prophets and the messengers, they inform us 
of the revelation, they disseminate and teach that revelation that they were given. So these are some of the meanings that the scholars have mentioned regarding the word An-Nabi. Uh, so here you say, As-salamu alayka ayyuhannabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu du'a'un lahu bil-rahma wal-baraka This is another du'a that you are making. That salam is a du'a. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu This is a du'a that you are making for the person when you say that. So, وَرَحْمَتُ wa barakatuhu And the mercy of Allah and the blessings of Allah. This is also a dua for that person. That may the blessing of Allah be upon you regularly, consistently, always. May you be a person who is blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may you be a person who the mercy of Allah is upon. So this is a dua that you are making for the person. وَهَذَا حَقٌ لَهُ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِهِ فَإِنَّ الْأُمَّ مَا نَالَتْ خَيْرًا إِلَّا بِسَبَبِهِ عَلَيْهِ صُلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ فَحَقٌ عَلَيْهَا أَنْ تَدْعُوَ لَهُ بِهَذَا الدُّعَىٰ فِي كُلِّ صَلَاةِ And so this is the right of the Prophet ﷺ upon his ummah that they make this dua. As-salamu alayka, ya ayyuhal nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That you make this dua upon the Prophet ﷺ, the uh, one who taught us and uh, preached to us the uh, risala, the revelation that was given to him. So we would not have known these affairs except through that revelation which came through the Prophet ﷺ. So it is his right upon us that we make this dua for him, for mercy and forgiveness, uh, and that we all recite this in our prayers. And then, As-salamu alayna. As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Was-salamu alayna. And the salam be upon us. Lama sallama ala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sallama ala nafsihi wa ala ikhwanihi al-hadirin fassalamu alayna yashmal al-mutakallim wa yashmal ghayrahu min ikhwanihi al-hadirin so after making that dua for the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then the person makes the dua for himself and his other attendees other people who are present alongside him so you say assalamu alayna and this salam be upon us also us, the one saying it, and the others who are present with him in that congregation. So then the dua is made for yourselves too. وَعَلَىٰ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ الصَّالِحِينَ And upon these, the righteous servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you make the dua for the righteous servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also. وَعَلَىٰ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ الصَّالِحِينَ يَشْمَلُ كُلَّ صَالِحٍ فِي السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ and this incorporates, it includes every righteous person in the heavens and the earth. Salih, And who is the Salih? Who are the Salihun? Huwa al-qa'imu bi-haqqi Allahi wa haqqi al-makhluqeen. He is the one who is upright in establishing and fulfilling the rights of Allah, the right of Allah and the right of the people. He fulfills the right of Allah and he fulfills the right of the people. بعد أن سلم على نفسه وعلى الحاضرين سلم على كل عبد صالح في السماء والأرض. So here you notice that initially the dua for the salam, the dua for that safety and security from the detrimental affairs is made upon the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم first. 
then it is made for yourself and those present in the congregation. Then it is made for every righteous person in the heavens and the earth. That is the dua that you recite in every prayer that you pray. Dua for the Prophet ﷺ, then dua for yourselves and the congregation, then dua for every righteous person in the heavens and the earth. لِأَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ شَيْءٌ وَاحِدٌ Because as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, حَفِذَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى That the believers, they are all one. The believers are all one. وَجَسَدٌ وَاحِدٌ They are all one body. عَلَى نَعَمْ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ The next section, أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ That I bear testification that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Him alone, وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ Without any partners or associates. That section there, وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ is essentially an affirmation of the first section. The first section says, أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ I bear testification that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Then you affirm that statement that you've just made. You affirm that with this additional emphasis وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ Him alone, without any associates or partners, which is the same as لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So this section is an affirmation. It is an emphasis upon the initial section. So that testimony, you make it with certainty. إِخْبَارٌ مَعَ يَقِينٍ وَاعْتِقَادٍ You make that with certainty and with belief. That testification of Tawheed, you bear testification that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Him alone without any associates or partners. That is a testification that you make upon yaqeen, upon certainty, definitive belief. Definitive belief upon certainty. Not with doubt or with any other affair of hesitation. A, meaning therefore, أَعْتَرِفُ وَأَعْتَقِدُ بِقَلْبِي وَأَنْطِقُ بِلِسَانِي أَنْ لَا مَعْبُودَ بِحَقٍ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Meaning that I testify, I acknowledge, I believe with my heart and I utter upon my tongue that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. وَفِي ضِمْنِ ذَلِكَ إِبْطَالُ عِبَادَةِ مَا سِوَاهِ so within that testification of yours is a nullification of worshipping anything besides Allah. It is a negation to worshipping anything besides Allah. وَهَذِهِ هِيَ كَلِمَةُ الْإِخْلَاصِ And this is the statement of sincerity. وَأَمَّا وَحْدَهُ فَهُوَ تَأْكِيدٌ لِلْإِثْبَاتِ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ هَذَا تَأْكِيدٌ لِلْنَفِي So the section that we mentioned at the end, وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ these two parts are a emphasis, an emphasis of that which has passed prior to it. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ And I bear testification that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Again, this is an acknowledgement from you, a firm and definitive belief from you, 
that indeed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the messenger of Allah, the seal of the prophets, the best of creation, who came with that revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is abduhu wa rasuluh. When you say that the messenger of Allah is abduhu, he is the servant of Allah, wa rasuluhu, and he is the messenger of Allah also. Then within that combination in that statement is a refutation of two groups of people. It is a refutation of the people who go to an extreme and an excessiveness and an exaggeration with regards to the rights of the Prophet ﷺ. So they begin to say, for example, that he was made out of light and that he walked without a shadow and that he was the, the light that was created initially, and then all of the affairs were created from his light, etc., etc. They exaggerate and they go to an excessiveness in rights of the Prophet ﷺ. So you refute that by saying, actually, the Prophet ﷺ is abduhu. He is the servant of Allah. He does not have uluhiyah within him. He does not have this ulu. This uh, uh, exaggeration of yours, this extremism of yours, this excessiveness of yours, that is not within the Prophet ﷺ. Rather, he is a servant of Allah. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا تُطْرُونِ كَمَا أَطْرَتِ النَّصَارَ عِيسَى بْنَ مَرْيَمِ Do not raise me in the manner that the Christians, they raised Isa ﷺ. So we refute the people who go to that extreme and they exaggerate, and they go to an excess in terms of raising the rank of the Prophet ﷺ into realms, into areas that are not permissible, that are not from the uh, actual rights of the Prophet ﷺ. Rather, they have transgressed beyond the actual rights of the Prophet ﷺ. But then at the same time, we say, Rasuluhu, that he is the Messenger of Allah, that refutes the other side, the group of people who exaggerate also, but in terms of their shortcoming in giving the rights to the Prophet ﷺ. So one group of them go overboard in their praise of the Prophet ﷺ, that they fall into exaggeration and extremism. The other side, they fall short. They don't give the actual rights that they're supposed to give. They don't even give the actual rights they're supposed to give. So they fall short in terms of their negligence. They don't follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Maybe some of them extreme, exaggerate to such a degree, the Qur'aniyun, etc. They say, we don't even take the sunnah. We only follow the Qur'an upon their contradiction. So this then refutes the group of people who do not give the actual right to the Prophet ﷺ in affirming that he is indeed the messenger of Allah and that he came with that final revelation and that he is indeed the seal of the prophets and the best of creation. So in those statements, Abduhu wa Rasuluhu, he is the servant of Allah and the messenger of Allah, it refutes the two people of extremism. By saying he is Abduhu, the servant of Allah, it refutes the people who raise him above that level. By saying Rasuluhu, he is the messenger of Allah. Meaning you must obey him. It refutes the people who do not and they fall short in their negligence, in their uh, uh, absent-mindedness, in terms of giving the rights to the Prophet ﷺ.
Then at the end of the hadith it says, "Allamana." Uh, or he mentions in the other narration. Firstly, he says, "Thumma thumma dua ilayhi Then a person can choose whichever dua is most pleasing to him, whatever dua that you require to make, and you are able to make that dua. In the narration of an Nasai, "Kunna naqulu qabla an yufrad alina at-tashahud." And li Ahmad anna al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam allamahu at-tashahud wa amarahu an yu'allimahu lil-nas. Those final two sections it mentions then the Shaykh says, Allamana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he taught us and in the narration kunna naqulu qabla an yufrad alayna at-tashahud faqawluhu qabla an yufrad hadha dalilun ala anna hadha at-tashahud farda wa annahu wajib. وَأَنَّ مَنْ تَرَكَهُ مُتَعَمِّدًا بَطَلَتْ صَلَاتُهُ لِأَنَّهُ تَرَكَ فَرْضًا مِنْ فُرُوضِ الصَّلَاةِ So in that narration it says, we used to say these words even before the tashahud became fard upon us. So what does that therefore indicate regarding the tashahud? That it is actually fard. Because the narration says, before it became fard, we used to say this and this. Meaning that therefore it did eventually become fard. So this is why the scholars, they mention that this is uh, fard of the prayer, it is something obligatory, it is a, a pillar of the prayer if it is the final tashahud, and that if a person leaves it on purpose, then his prayer is nullified. The next hadith of Muslim an Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, قال, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يعلمنا التشهد التحيات المباركات in this narration now we have another variation of the wording. In the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, there's a slightly different wording now. And that you can see التحياتul mubarakatu الصلواتu tayyibatu lillah. This particular wording now, هذه صيغة ثانية للتشهد من رواية ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما وهي تشبه وتشارك رواية ابن مسعود في الألفاظ ولكنها أخصر منها وحديث ابن مسعود أشمل وأكمل ولو جاء بهذه الرواية وتشهد بألفاظها صحت صلاته This narration of Ibn Abbas It is another variation of the tashahud and if somebody was to recite this version of it, the prayer would be correct. This is another acceptable version of the tashahud. But like we said, the version of Ibn Mas'ud that he narrated, that is the most authentic and that is what the scholars they mention. But this is another authentic narration in Sahih Muslim. So if somebody did do their tashahud with this version, then it would still be correct. This is a slightly... A shorter version than the version of Ibn Mas'ud, but it is a correct version. Then it is mentioned, That a person can then choose whatever dua he wishes to make thereafter. And in the other narration it is also mentioned, then he can make dua with whatever he wants thereafter. فَدَلَّ هَذَا عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ يَدْعُو بَعْدَ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ بِالتَّشَهُّدْ وَالصَّلَاةِ عَلَىٰ النَّبِي 
صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنه يدعو بما يسر الله له من الدعاء وهذا سيأتي إن شاء الله So this indicates that a person is allowed to make his own dua after that then once you've done the tashahud and the prescribed duas that you can then make your own dua too and there will be more detail of that coming later In this hadith now that we have the next one عن فضالة ابن عبيد رضي الله عنه قال سمع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم رجلا يدعو في صلاته ولم يحمد الله ولم يصلي على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال عجل هذا ثم دعاه فقال إذا صلى أحدكم فليبدأ بتحميد ربه والثناء عليه ثم يصلي على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم يدعو بما شاء So in this narration the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم heard a man making dua in his prayer and he had not done the praise of Allah and he had not done the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ said, regarding this man, عَجِلَ هَذَا That this man has been somewhat hasty in his affair. He has been somewhat hasty in his affair. Rather the Prophet ﷺ called him over and then said to him, if one of you prays, then first begin with the praise of Allah, with his Lord, the praise of his Lord. And then after that, the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ. Then after that, make your dua that you wish for yourself. After having praised Allah and done the, the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ, then after that you make your own dua for yourself. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِيهِ مَشْرُوعِيَّةُ ابْتِدَاءِ الدُّعَاءِ بِالْحَمْدُ وَالثَّنَاءِ عَلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ so this hadith indicates that firstly you begin with the praise uh, to Allah and the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ. Then after that, you can do your own. Why is it in that order? Because when you do the praise upon Allah and you do the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ, then all of those will be a means for your dua to be accepted when you make your own dua. Having done that praise of Allah and the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ, then that is something which puts you in a position now that when you make your dua, then there is a likelihood of your dua being accepted. As for you going first and prioritizing your dua first and then coming to the praise of Allah, that is incorrect. Rather a person makes the praise of Allah, puts the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ, and then when you come to making your dua, it is in a position of being accepted. Sawa'an fi salah aw kharij as-salah. And that is when you make dua, whether in the prayer, as we are talking about now in the tashahud, or even outside of the prayer. فَمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَدْعُوَ رَبَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فَإِنَّهُ يَبْدَأُ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْحَمْدِ لِلَّهِ وَالثَّنَاءِ عَلَيْهِ ثُمَّ الصَّلَاءِ عَلَى النَّبِسَى سَلَّمْ So whomsoever wants to make dua, when you make dua, in the prayer here, the tashahud, or even outside of the prayer generally, generally outside of the prayer, anytime you want to make dua, then a person should begin in that same way, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sending the salutations upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then coming to making your specific dua that you wish to make. وَفِي هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَيْضَى دَلِيلٌ عَلَى تَعْلِيمِ الْجَاهِلِ فَإِنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَّمَ هَذَا الرَّجُلَ وَلَمْ يَت
بل علمه كيف يدعو ربه عز وجل فإذا رأيت على إنسان قصورا في أمر دينه فإنك تعلمه فهذا من حقه عليك ومن موجب النصيحة This hadith also indicates that if somebody is ignorant then you advise them and you counsel them and you educate them when the Prophet ﷺ heard this man giving priority to his own dua without praising Allah, without sending the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ, he taught him and he educated him and he informed him of what the correct way is. So a person, if you come across somebody ignorant, you come across somebody not knowing the correct way, then you give them that advice, you give them that counsel, you give them that education and that knowledge regarding that particular affair. However, the Shaykh says, لَكِنْ يَكُونُ التَّعْلِيمُ بِطَرِيقَةٍ حَكِيمَةٍ Rather though, you have to remember, if you do that, it must be in a way with wisdom. If you're going to educate someone, you're going to tell someone they made a mistake in something, they need to have knowledge about a certain affair, then it must be with wisdom. وَيَكُونُ التَّعْلِيمُ بِرِفْقٍ أَيْضًا and you must educate that person, advise that person with kindness, with lenience. وَلَا يَكُونُ التَّعْلِيمُ This educating of that person or telling that person, advising that person, it is not done in a way with severity and harshness. It is not done in a way as if you are superior to the person in a manner of arrogance. Rather you go to the person with humbleness, desiring the reward from Allah for this act of yours in educating that person, in counseling that person, in advising that person with a sunnah from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Not that you go there with anger, you go there with superiority for yourself, you go there with arrogance for yourself, you go there with severity in your speech and harshness, telling the person, don't you know you're supposed to do this or that? That is not the way of advising a person. When a person wishes to advise somebody, then you do it with wisdom and you do it with lenience so that the person will accept that speech from you. You desire good for them. You want to advise somebody, then your intention is you desire good for them. Not that you want to advise someone to show how knowledgeable you are yourself. So a person must bear in mind these affairs, the affair of sincerity and in advising in the proper manner. وَقَوْلُهُ دَعَاهُ ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهُ إِلَىٰ آخِرِهِ وَهَذِهِ عَادَتُهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يُعَلِّمَ أَحَدًا يَدْعُوهُ ثُمَّ يُعَلِّمُهُ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَسَلَّمْ بِرِفْقٍ وَحِكْمَةٍ وَتَيْسِيرٍ So in the hadith it says that the Prophet ﷺ called that man over. He called him over. And this was the way of the Prophet ﷺ. If he wanted to advise someone, then he would call them over, and then he would gently and kindly with lenience advise that person. وَفِي هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَيْضَا أَنَّ الْمُسْلِمَ يَدْعُو بِمَا إذ إنه لم يحدد له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم دعاء معينا فدل على إطلاق الدعاء So the hadith indicates that a person can make whatever dua he wishes for himself in the end after having done the other supplications. You can make whatever dua you wish for yourself in accordance with the other principles of the religion that the dua is not something whereby you are transgressing the boundaries it is not something which is haram. You make a legitimate, authentic dua, then you can make a dua for whatever it may be. At the end of the prayer, once you have done the other supplications, فَيَدْعُو بِمَا شَاءَ لِدِينِهِ وَلِدُنْيَاهُ You could make dua for whatever you wish in regards to your religion or in regards to your worldly affairs. 
It may be something to do with your worldly affairs and it is possible to make that dua. لِأَنَّ حَوَائِجَ النَّاسِ تَخْتَلِفِ Because the needs of the people, they differ. No doubt that the needs of the people, they differ. Everybody will have a different affair that they need to make the dua for. So there is no particular restriction from the Prophet ﷺ that the dua afterwards at the end has to be any particular thing. You can make a dua for your affairs. وَأَحْوَالُ النَّاسِ تَخْتَلِفُ As Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, the states, the conditions, the situations, the scenarios of people, they are different. فَيَدْعُوا بِمَا شَاءَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ وَفِي غَيْرِهَا So a person, he makes dua to Allah in his prayer and outside of the prayer. يَدْعُوا بِحَاجَتِهِ أَلَّتِي يُرِيدُ He can make dua for whatever affair it is that he requires. لَكِنْ يَحْرُسْ عَلَى الدُّعَاءِ لِصَالِحِ دِينِهِ But a person though, having said that, should focus on making the dua particularly for the affairs of his religion. Even though it is open that you can make dua for your religious affairs, for your worldly affairs, the person should give a focus though in prioritizing and focusing on making dua for his religious affairs. That Allah makes him upright and correct and firm upon his religion. And of course, there is no problem and there is no harm as it has been mentioned to make dua for your worldly affairs too. That is correct and allowed. But a person should bear in mind that it is his religion that is the priority. That is the important factor. وَيَطْلُبُ مِنَ اللَّهِ الرِّزْقِ So with the worldly affairs you can of course seek the sustenance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you can seek from Allah that your affairs are taken care of, the worldly affairs what they may be. And with your religious affairs also you seek the uh, forgiveness and the mercy of Allah. فَيَدْعُوا بِمَا شَاءَ فِيهِ تَيْسِيرٌ لِلْمُسْلِمِ بِأَنْ يَدْعُوَا بِمَا يَسَّرَ اللَّهُ لَهُ مِمَّا وَرَدَ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَمِنْ غَيْرِهِ مَا دَامَ لَا يُخَالِفُ الْمَشْرُوعِ So in this hadith is this facilitation, this ease that has been given to you, that a Muslim, he can make dua to Allah with whatever his affair may be, in the prayer itself, before he gives the salam at the end, make the dua for whatever your affair is, as long as this affair, it is not something which transgresses the bounds, it is not something which opposes the Qur'an and the sunnah, it is not something which has sin or error in it, then anything which is authentic and correct, then whatever your affair may be, uh, in the religious affairs, in the worldly affairs, then it is permissible and correct for a person to make that dua, in the prayer, prior to concluding the prayer. Then we'll mention one more narration before concluding. وَعَنْ أَبِي مَسْعُودٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ قَالَ بَشِيرِ بْنُ سَعَدٍ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَبُو مَسْعُودٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ says that بَشِيرِ بْنُ سَعَدٍ said أو Messenger of Allah أَمَرَنَ اللَّهُ أَنْ نُسَلِّيَ عَلَيْكَ Allah has commanded us to send the salutations upon you. فَكَيْفَ نُسَلِّي عَلَيْكَ So how do we do that? How do we send the salutations upon you? فَسَكَتَ So the Prophet ﷺ remained silent. ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said to them, قُولُوا Say, اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِ مُحَمَّدٍ كَمَا صَلَّيْتَ عَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَبَارِكْ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِ مُحَمَّدٍ كَمَا بَارَكْتَ عَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ فِي الْعَالَمِينَ إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ وَالسَّلَامُ كَمَا عَلِمْتُمْ
رواه مسلم وزاد ابن خزيمة فيه فكيف نصلي عليك إذا نحن صلينا عليك في صلاتنا So the Prophet ﷺ initially when he was asked that Allah has commanded us to send the salutations upon you. So how do we send the salutations upon you? So the Prophet ﷺ remained silent and then he told them. Then he said to them, when the companions, they desired to know, they wanted to know. So then the Prophet ﷺ did tell them and he said to them, Say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin, the dua that you are all well aware of. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin kama sallita ala Ibrahim. This is the dua that the Prophet ﷺ then taught them, that this is what you recite in terms of your sending the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ, the salah upon the Prophet ﷺ. So in the hadith it says, the hadith of Abu Mas'ud al-Ansari, and his name the Shaykh mentions is Uqbah ibn Amir al-Ansari al-Badri, he was known as Al-Badari because he used to live in Badr. And he did not actually participate in the battle of Badr. This is a companion who was known as a Badari, a person of Badr, because he lived in that area, not that he actually participated in the battle of Badr. So he narrates this hadith and he says that Bashir ibn Sa'ad al-Ansari, Bashir ibn Sa'ad, who are walid, Al-Nu'man ibn Bashir radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma The father of Al-Nu'man ibn Bashir He says that he said to the messenger of Allah Allah has commanded us to send the prayers upon you So how do we do that? And that was What does he mean when he says that Allah has commanded us to send the prayers upon you To send the salutations upon you He's talking about the ayah in the Quran Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alihi wa sallimu taslima that indeed the angels, they pray upon the Prophet. O oh, you who believe, send the prayers and the, uh, the salam, the salat and the salam upon the Prophet ﷺ. So he said, how do we do that? So the Prophet ﷺ initially remained silent. And then when he saw that the companions want to know and they have this desire to know, he told them this dua, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin. He mentioned this narration to them. So what does this narration mean? Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, or Allah, send the salutations or the prayers upon the Prophet Muhammad sallam. This is, as it is mentioned in the hadith of Al-Bukhari, هِيَ ثَنَاؤُهُ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ فِي الْمَلَأِ الْأَعْلَىٰ The hadith of Abu Al-Aliyah, that this is the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the Prophet sallam in the, uh, the, the high residence, the residence of the heavens, that Allah praises the Prophet ﷺ amongst them, to them in the heavens. وَمِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ istighfar, And that the angels, they seek forgiveness for him. وَمِنَ الْآدِمِيِّينَ dua, And from the people that they make dua. فَصَلَاتُ الْآدِمِيِّينَ عَلَى النَّبِي مَعْنَاهَا الدُّعَى لَهُ So the salutations or the prayers that we send upon the Prophet ﷺ, then the meaning of that is that we are making dua for the Prophet ﷺ. And when the angels do that, when the angels do the salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ, that means they are seeking forgiveness for the Prophet ﷺ. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does that, 
then it is meaning that Allah is praising the Prophet ﷺ amongst the residents of the highest places. وَعَلَىٰ آلِ Muhammad And upon the family of the Prophet Wasallam. Uh, Ali Muhammad, it can mean the family of the Prophet ﷺ, and it can mean all of the other general people who follow upon that methodology and that pathway. And typically speaking, what it refers to here, as many of the scholars mention, is particularly the family of the Prophet ﷺ. So that is also mentioned. And then after that, كَمَا صَلَّيْتَ عَلَىٰ Ibrahim, Just as you sent the salutations upon Ibrahim alayhi i.e. do these salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ just as you did them upon Ibrahim ﷺ, the Khalil of Allah, the most beloved of Allah. وَبَارِكْ ala Muhammad. Barik, meaning send upon him barakah, send upon him blessings. And that blessing, what is it? Blessings, what is barakah? Barakah that your affair, it uh, uh, has goodness in it and it persists and continues upon goodness, and it increases in goodness, that is the barakah. So place the barakah in that affair also. إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ This is a reasoning, a reasoning that you are mentioning as a means to having the dua answered from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah is the one who is حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ The praiseworthy, the mighty, the majestic, the, the glorified, he is the one with those characteristics, so he is the one who will answer this dua. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِيهِ بَيَانُ صِيغَةِ الصَّلَاةِ عَلَى النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ الَّتِي تُقَالُ فِي التَّشَهُدِ الْأَخِيرِ So in this hadith, you now have an understanding of how to recite the salutations or the prayers upon the Prophet ﷺ. That is mentioned in the hadith, اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ عَلَى مَحَمَّدِ وَالسَّلَامُ كَمَا عَلِمْتُمْ as for the salam, then it is as you have already learnt. As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. That was already covered in the previous narration. That's where we'll leave it today. Then inshaAllah ta'ala from next session, we'll carry on with the next narration which will explain uh, more of the supplications that you are supposed to recite in the final sitting, in the tashahud. And that is the dua uh, that everybody is aware of. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min adhabi jahannam wa min adhabi al-qabr wa min fitnatil mahya wal mamat wa min fitnatil masih al-dajjal. This narration is where we'll start with next time. What that narration means, what is the understanding of it, and uh, uh, the details regarding reciting that in the final sitting also. Inshallah ta'ala will begin from that section next Time in two weeks' time. So we'll conclude upon that for today.